Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. And welcome along to the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge of the Mortal Corsa de Monterey powered by Hyundai weekend. I'm John Hindorf and we're ready to go racing for a couple of hours to round off our Super Saturday. Jeremy Shaw is alongside me. Let's get to the grid. 35 cars to talk about and here's how they line up. That's right, we're going to have 22 GS cars and 13 TCRs. Starting at the back uh, is the, the Van der Stur racing uh, Hyundai Elantra car number 91. That'll be Brian Ortiz. Actually, that t- team will bookend the grid. Uh, on row 17 uh, for LA Honda World Racing, a Honda Civic of number 73, Will Talley. Along with him, number 74 for Daily Motorsports, that's a Hyundai, is Jordan Wisely. Row 16, Preston Brown for Rockwell Autosport Development in Audi car number 10. And the second of the Daily Motorsports Hyundai's, that's car number 70, is Jacob Daly. Taylor Hagler, defending two-time series champion, will start car number one for Brian Herder Autosport with Kerr Bagajani, another Hyundai Elantra in the 30th position, alongside Nick Loymans from Canada in car number 15, the second of Rockwell Autosport Development Audi RS3s. Victor Gonzalez in car number 99 in his own Honda Civic FK7 TCR alongside the lone Alfa Romeo Giulietta Veloce TCR for KMW Motorsports and TMR Engineering. That's Roy Block in car number 5. Row 13, Chris Miller coming to 17, the Unitronic JDC Miller Motorsports Audi. And then two Hyundais from Bryhoda Autosport with Kerbaga Janian. Coming to 33 is Harry Gottsacker. And number 98, second fastest in TCR, is Mason Philippi. But on the pole position for TCR, car number 37 for the third time this year for LA Honda World Racing. But in a brand new Honda Civic FL5 TCR, that's Mark Pombo. Third pole position in a row. Remarkable effort. Moving on to GS. Gary Ferreira is supposed to start number 11 Royal Sports Mercedes. We're not sure whether he's going to, however, after a crash yesterday. Ted Giovannis will start number 64 for Team 2GM and Aston Martin in the 21st position. Row 10 for uh, Anton Diaz Pereira, car number 27, Lone Star Racing Mercedes. Then the lone Chevy Camaro for Rebel Rock Racing, car number 71, is Frank Depew. Row 9, Vin Barletta in car number 96, Turner Motorsport BMW. Similar car for Stephen Cameron Racing in car number 43 alongside is Sean Quinlan. Moise Uretsky in car number 44 for Accelerated Performance, another Aston Martin in the 16th position alongside Jeff Mosing, car number 56 for Marilla Racing, that's a Mercedes AMG GT4. Two Porsche 718 GT4s on row 7 for BG Boat. B Motorsports in car number 83 is Tom Collingwood and for Nola Sport in car number 47 is Adam Adelson. Alex Filsinger in the lone McLaren Artura GT4 for Motorsports in Action, car number 69. And Todd Coleman, debutant this weekend in car number 88, Archangel Motorsports, Aston Martin Vantage. 
10th position, Windward Racing, Mercedes, number 57 is Bryce Ward, alongside Hugh Plum, in number 46 for Team TGM, another Aston. The lone Toyota GR Supra for Aave Motorsports, number 14 is Alfredo Nadri, in 7th position ahead of him on the grid. Bob McCallion, number 59, the core motorsports Ford Mustang GT4. Another Ford, uh, one position ahead for McCumbie McAleer Racing with Aerosport, number 13 is J Jensen Altsman. Sean McAllister, Californian for Carbon with Peregrine Racing, another Porsche in car number 39. Top two rows of the grid, Cameron Lawrence in car number 95, the second of the Turner Motorsport BMWs, alongside the Murillo Racing Mercedes, car number 72 of Kenny Murillo from Santa Rosa, California. Eric Filgaris on the outside of the front row, car number 28, the RS1 Porsche, but on the pole position for the first time in his young career, Brilliant effort for Van der Stur Racing and Aston Martin Vantage GT4. The pole sitter in number 19 is Austin McCusker. The Michelin Pilot Challenge on IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. We could not have a better day and better surroundings in which to go racing. It's the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge on the Mortal Corsa to Monterey, powered by Hyundai Weekend. Of course, we're at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, one of the great tracks around the world and a brilliant place for spectators and for cars. We're on the west coast of America, just outside Salinas and just up from Monterey itself, we have 11 corners, 2.238 miles or 3.6 or 2 kilometres. And the names tell the story. Andretti Hairpin, Rear Hull Straight, uh, Rainy Curve at Turn 9 and Turns 8 and 8A. Oh, of course, we don't call them that. We call them the Corkscrew. And they are famous, maybe infamous, around the world for the challenge that they pose to teams, drivers and suspension engineers. Hello, everybody. I'm John Hindoff in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre. The cars are rolling. And Jeremy Shaw is alongside me in the Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam is in a, an empty pit lane now, Shea. That's good news. Everybody is out of the pit lane. Exactly. The first important step to getting this race underway is making sure that all of our race cars take to the track. And we were correct in our presumption that the number 11 Will Sport Mercedes was not on the grid. They will not be taking part in today's race. But everybody else is rolling out on the track. 2.238 miles. They've got two pace laps. The first one, they pack up. The second one, they pair up coming out of turn six. So we are going to see cars potentially oh. side by side through the corkscrew. Woo-wee. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm yet to believe that that will happen. Now, the Will Sport car was involved in an incident yesterday. Gary Ferreira uh, for Will Sport and Mercedes AMG GT4. Uh, with one of the Team TGM cars, they're both back. Uh, the, the TGM cars are in the race, the Will Sport cars not. But it's been a big week for Team TGM shit. It's been a huge week for Team TGM and for Ted Giovannis and the JKTG Foundation. This week they announced a $35 million donation to the John Hopkins Institute to try and find a cure for metastatic cancer. Now, Ted Giovannis has always been about going outside of the box, 
trying to find different ways to cure cancer because the ones that we have haven't worked yet. So Ted saying this week, 35 million is what they will be donating. That is huge. If you don't have a car to share for in this field, I think that just earned your favoritism, don't you think? Yes, this is the man, of course, who took a break from racing uh, to help with the fight against COVID uh, as well. Let's uh, not forget uh, a couple of seasons ago. Well, great news from a very socially aware paddock that we have in IMSA racing. Uh, not just here in the Minshew Pilot Challenge, but lots of great stories. Weather, well, it's just starting to cool down a tiny bit. We had temperatures uh, in the mid to high 40s Celsius, 115 Fahrenheit on the track. Uh, and mid-70s in the air, Fahrenheit, mid-20s Celsius. We are 43 Celsius at the moment and 22 in the air. That's 109 Fahrenheit on the track and 72 in the air. So, Jeremy Shaw, temperatures coming down, which is good news for the tyre engineers at least, even in this two-hour race. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's a beautiful condition. They're absolutely perfect for going racing here. Good field of cars, perfect weather, great racetrack. What more could you want? You know, this track is, it's, it's hard on tyres. It was supposed to be resurfaced for this event, but uh, with all the rain we've had in California this winter, that didn't happen, so it'll be resurfaced after this event. So the old track surface here, the cars slide around here and they really do chew up the tyres. So tyre degradation and tyre preservation for the drivers is going to be an issue during this two-hour race. Cars packing up down towards the end of the second formation lap. The end of a super Saturday. My goodness, we've packed some excitement in today, but we're not finished yet. 120 minutes of all-out, side-by-side, door-to-door, wheel-to-wheel, door-mirror-to-door-mirror action coming your way for the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge and we're green at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca and the GS cars charge down, all 21 of them, to the Andretti hairpin. Now the TCR has come to the line, 13 of them are side by side. Looks like the world's biggest skill extra meeting as they come to the line. Brilliant start from all of them. And at the front of the field, it is still Austin McCusker for Vanishdale Racing, holding on for the Aston Martin in the GS category from RS1 and the green Porsche behind them, the number 28 car, Eric Vilgeras for RS1. And at the front of the TCR field watching about 17 different things at once. The debut for the new Honda Civic FL5 TCR based on the FL5 Civic Type R, of course. Uh, and that is still leading. Matt Pombo gets the decent star from Mason Felipe and Harry Gottsacker, part of the horde of Honda Alantris in the race. Big move early on from the number 95 of Cameron Lawrence as he went down the inside of Kenny Marillo in the in the chrome orange number 72 Marillo racing and didn't get that one done. He's dropped back into the clutches of uh, that would be McCumbie McAleer racing wouldn't it? And Jensen Olsen who's made up a couple of places. Pretty sensible start Jeremy Shaw as we complete the first lap for the GS cars. Yeah, nice clean start there. Great effort there by Austin McCusker. This is only his third start in a GT4 car. He's got experience in all sorts of different cars. In the past, we've brought up on a, 
a diet of open wheel racing, but then made the switch to LMP3s a few years ago. He won the IMSA Prototype Challenge uh, about three or four years ago now. Uh, he's been racing in Europe for the last couple of years, but this year making his debut in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. And here is just his third start on the pole position and a really good first clean lap for Austin McCusker leading this race. 25-year-old from Glen Head on the Long Island of New York. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us here in the IMSA Global Broadcast Centre, if you are happy to watch and or listen, settle back and enjoy the next couple of hours. Just after half midnight in the UK, half one in Europe, I'm sure many of you joining us after the Eurovision Song Contest. Congratulations to Sweden. And uh, a second-time winner in terms of their artist. Only the second time that's happened. And that means that the contest next year will be in Stockholm in Sweden. 50 years after ABBA's win in Brighton set them on their way to stardom. If you are just joining us, thank you. And as I say, settle in. We've got just as much excitement and sparkle and star quality as you've been watching over the last few hours. And already some drama as well for the 46 TGM. Aston Martin picked up one of the Michelin banners, swerving left and right for Hugh Plum, trying to get rid of that from the front of the car. Now, he's picked that up coming out of the corkscrew. He might have to go into the pit lane here, and it'll fall off as he turns hard left into the pit lane. Yeah, he'd picked it up coming out of the corkscrew. It looks a bit like a snowplow on the front of that car. And as he comes down the pit lane, Shay Adam, that is still on the front of Hugh Plum's Clark car. Early disaster for the 46. It is still very much wedged on the front of the car, and there's quite a bit of what appears to be sand leaking out either side of it as now it comes to a stop. I have to turn my head to actually not get hit. Yeah, one of the sandbags was still wedged in it. I'm so shocked that the dive planes are still on the front of this car. Left front turn, left front wheel, excuse me, completely destroyed on this car. So that was a puncture perhaps that sent him into that barrier. But the trouble is he is still spinning the rear wheels. This is going to be a further drive-through penalty for wheel spinning on the jack stand. That is a horrible start to the race with barely four minutes gone into the two-hour contest. And what an absolute nightmare that was for Hugh Plum. We'll try and work out and maybe she can have a word with the team and find out uh, how that started. But it was, uh, I think, just coming out of the... Now, and we've also got the other... TGM car moving slowly at the moment. Uh, Ted Giovannis. Now, I thought Owen Trinkler qualified that car. And Ted, did. Ted Giovannis has started, so they, so they must have gone to the back, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, they started well down the order. I think, uh, I think uh, surprisingly, uh, the car only qualified, I think, in 16th position. Uh, and so they've, they've elected to go to their, their normal strategy which was uh, to start with uh, Ted Giovannis and then uh, Owen will take over at, uh, at the 45 minute mark in this two hour race. But yeah, so uh, not a lot of laps this weekend uh, has uh, Ted and he's sort of struggling in the early stages, falling back now through the TCR field. Shea Adam is still down at TGM in the pit lane. What a horrible start to the race for the team that we were mentioning 
uh, as we were on the formation lap, Shay. And one of the problems there was there was a huge amount of debris wrapped around the front stub axle. Yeah, and they had to actually take a hacksaw to cut that rubber away. They did manage to get it. It was a giant clump that they had to remove. And now their pit box is dirty as well because sand from the sandbag that was hit. But I would, I'm not a detective. I'm not Joe Bradley. I would say there was a tire issue that led to Hugh going off the track. It will be a drive-through, though, this time by for Hugh for the spinning on the wheels. Wheel spinning whilst on the jacks, whilst elevated. Slam dunk penalty. And Hugh Plum will have to come back in. Uh, I think he has already lost a lap or two. Yes, he's lost uh, a lap, a full lap. He'll lose another one when he comes in for his drive-through, I think. And that is not the way he wanted to start. He's just heading up to the scene of the crime at the corkscrew now. Might want to stay out for his three laps and try and put as much room as he can between himself and Austin McCusker and Van der Stur Racing, and the, which, in, in which case he might get away without losing another lap. He's got three laps, Jeremy, or three times by before he has to come in and serve that penalty. Yeah, that's true. Uh, after that, we get the, the uh, stop scoring. But, uh, yeah, it's been a disastrous start to the race for that team, TGM. But at the front of the field, uh, also in Aston Martin, Austin McCusker really doing a, a, a bang-up job here. Really impressed by Austin. I mean, like I say, very little experience in these cars. The deal for him and uh, a fellow youngster, uh, Rory Vanderster, to drive this car this year came relatively late. But uh, he's clearly learned very, very quickly in Austin. He's pacing the field now and just holding, you know, holding the stage at the front. He, doesn't want, he wants to make sure he doesn't push too hard in the early stages for the reason you mentioned earlier on. So, so difficult to know what the right balance is between pace and holding on to your Michelin tyres. Overheat the tyre, it's really, really difficult to get it back. And we are in that sort of area with the track temperatures still in triple figures Fahrenheit 109 Fahrenheit dropping just a little bit 43 Celsius on the track the only good thing about this older tarmac is it is such a light grey colour is as the sun starts to uh, starts to sink and it's not direct sunlight on it it does give up its heat rather rather quickly also if you get a even if you just get a single cloud going across it again the track temperature tends to drop very quickly. Um, however, we're on the Monterey Peninsula. We don't get a lot of clouds here at this uh, particular time of year, which is why we have lovely weather. All right, we've got a problem on the front straight. Somebody going very slowly indeed, Shea. Adam can see that from her vantage point in the pit lane. What's going on, Shea? Defending race winner, that would be the Alfa Romeo, number five, Roy Block and Tim Lewis Jr. They've won this race a couple of times. That was a very slow exit from turn 11. It looked like the Alfa took a beat before it got going once again. There wasn't a spin as far as I could see, but that is an issue potentially for our defending race leader. New leader in TCR, uh, and that was Harry Gottsacker making the classic move, going up the hill on the rear hull straight into turn eight and eight eight corkscrew uh, that was i mean textbook stuff there by the uh, number 33 excuse me that was the 33 car 
leading in, yes, now leading in TCR, Harry Gottsacker, ahead of Matt Pombo. And Matt Pombo immediately, Jeremy, dropping three, four, five cars lengths behind the leader. And we've got pit stoppers coming in early from the TCR category. That's uh, Victor Gonzalez yeah. in the dark grey colours of the Honda Civic. That's the older FK7 car. It is uh, new colours on the car for this weekend. Uh, they've, uh, they've had various gremlins the first couple of weekends, so changing's up, a new colour scheme, but uh, already uh, out of the fifth position into the pits is Victor Gonzalez. Dark grey and white for that Civic, the number 99 VGRT. And also coming in at the moment, Rockwell Autosport. Shea Adam is down by the number 10. This is the uh, the Audi RS3 sequential gearbox car. What's going on there, Shea? Oh, no. And the team, which have two varieties of the gearbox this weekend, the sequential and the DSG, as you rightly point out, uh, this is not good because the car has come into a stop. It is in its box. Driver is getting out and nothing is going on. No work happening whatsoever. Maybe he was sitting on a belt. Maybe it was twisted weird. Something that simple. Ah, sitting on the cool suit tubes, perhaps? Let's see if he gets out and then gets back in. Yes, he's going to get back in. So it might have been a... Nope, never mind. Checking the window net. I thought this might have been a driver comfort issue for Preston Brown. But no, they're closing the door. And uh, Preston oh, wow. is going to get back over the wall. They just tapped him on the shoulder. And he held up his hands in the international sign language to say, I don't know. Meantime, the Victor Gonzalez-driven VGRT car there. We're looking at the left front on that car. Took the Michelin tyre and wheel off that car but it looks like they were looking around again the front brake disc the rotor and the axle uh, the stub axle on that car so already plenty to talk about as harry gotsacker leads in tcr and has pulled out two and a half seconds on matt pombo so he's got the hammer down not worrying about his michelin tires at the front of the field austin mccusker for van der Stur racing and Aston Martin has a second lead on the Porsche of Eric Felgueras and then Kenny Murillo in the orange metallic Murillo racing number 72 Mercedes then the BMW of Cameron Lawrence and how about a fifth different manufacturer in the top five with the Mustang of Jensen Altman and a sixth different manufacturer as Alfredo Nadri's made his way up to sixth position Jeremy in the RV Motorsports Toyota GR Supra GT4 great variety Yes, great variety, you're right, and now he's made up a couple of positions in this early stages, so a good run for him and a, and a good battle at the front uh, of the field as uh, they, uh, they close in on, I think that's Hugh Plum, isn't it, in the number 46 car, already, already uh, a couple of laps down, so out of contention here, and uh, potentially here the, the race leader's got to try and find his way past, and he's got Eric Fulgueras filling his mirrors as well. Yeah, he's one lap, and... Uh, almost two down. He's, he's he's just stopping himself going two laps down by about a car's length or so. And in fact, he does the decent thing and steers to drivers right as they go into turn five. Whilst that happened, let's find out what's going down, uh, what's going on down in the pit lane where Shea Adam has news from Rockwell Autosport Developments and their Audi number ten. And the man whose name is above the door. Well, partially, Alex Rockwell. Alex. You were so excited about this season upcoming when we talked at Sebring. This isn't the way that you wanted to continue things going, but what is it that is taking this number 10 Audi behind the wall? Well, we had some unusual electrical gremlins, we thought, but then 
when we disconnected the headlights, some of the uh, gremlins went away, but we still have a fueling issue. We changed everything from a high pressure fuel pump all the way through the rails to the plugs. And uh, it's just one of those things. You gotta have time to figure it out. We just don't have it in the race. It's not fun to race like this. So we're just retiring the car. We still got one more out there. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. So hopefully talk to me in an hour and a half. Maybe I'll have some better news. I'll keep that promise for you. Good luck, Alex. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shay. What a nightmare. What an absolute nightmare. Uh, and by the way, uh, Alan Prosser, he of the Demon Screen Grab and uh, a barkeep extraordinaire as well, as we now know. The right front on the Victor Gonzalez a Honda didn't come up when the car was in the pits. It looks like the onboard jacking system maybe didn't have enough pressure, and that's what slowed down their pit stop. Uh, that car is now back into the race and sits in 12th in TCR, 32nd overall. The battle at the front of the field continues, Jeremy Shaw, with the top three about equidistant, maybe three or four cars length when they are at full speed. The concertina up, of course, under braking, but just underlining what you were seeing, this is a fine drive by Austin McCusker in the lead, Aston Martin for Van der Racing. Really nice, yeah. Good consistent lap times at the moment. Uh, Mid-33s, 1 minute 33.6 last time around, 133.4 uh, the lap before that. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's settling into a nice rhythm here out in front of the field. He is uh, coming up to complete his 10th lap. Uh, and uh, all, you know, all running absolutely to plan for him. Meanwhile, back in TCR land, uh, we saw that pass made by Harry Gottsacker. And now he's uh, having a battle there with one of the GS cars. That's Frank Depew in a Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet that's uh, a good bit quicker on the straights, but not as quick through the corners as the two TCR cars. Yeah, good point. The TCRs are effectively one big wing. And the leaders go to the left-hand side of the track into the left-hander at turn 11. Nice work uh, by the number 71 driver being Frank Depew stays out of the way that's not his fight he has got to try and stay on the lead lap in the uh, next half an hour or so and try and hand that car over to Robin Liddell for the uh, rapid Scotsman to bring home so that number 99 Victor Gonzalez car is running uh, but it has dropped off the lead lap in class, as, by the way, has Roy Block in the KMW Motorsports with TMR Alpha Romeo. And if you had caught what Shea said there, the Rockwell Autosports number 10 Audi has gone behind the wall with that full fuel pressure uh, incident. And that is terrible news for them. The other car that's uh, had early problems... Team TGM and Hugh Plum uh, as, oh, hang on, we've got the Alpha into the pit lane as well. And this is not, uh, this is not uh, standard. Is there something, and uh, there must be an issue with this. Shea Adam is watching the car coming to a halt. They go for fuel and the right-hand side rear door coming open there. Um, 
not sure. Now the right-hand side passenger door coming in. They're taking the opportunity to put in 16, 17 minutes of fuel that's been burnt. That's a very odd one. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Any, any clue to what that was? Uh, no, um, they were planning on bringing Roy in, though, before he had entered into the pits. But my consternation comes because you know how I like patterns, John. Well, in TCR, the first two years, it was an Audi that won. Then the next two years, it was a Hyundai that won. Last year, it was the Alpha that won. So I thought, surely the pattern has to continue. Not yeah. looking like that's going to happen right now. Um, so not great news, but I will check in with uh, Tim Lewis or maybe Kevin Wheeler. Find someone to ask the question to. Maybe uh, Lewis Malone. That's just awful again for a car at the start of the race. And uh, Roy is back out and running again. It's going to put them off strategy. That The race might come back to them, but they have been slow on the circuit uh, just before they came into the pit lane as the leaders are into turn four. Hearing from the team uh, at the 71 Camaro, the Rebel Rock a gradient, a Rebel Rock Urban Grid car, that uh, Frank Depew is having a slight brake issue. Apparently they've had it in pretty much every session and they just haven't been able to get to the bottom of it as the leaders of uh, are at uh, the bottom of the hill going up the Rahal Strait. We'll get to Jeremy Shaw in a moment for a look at some of the times, but let's get back to Shea for an update on that Alpha. Early stop for KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering, Shea. What was the problem for Roy Block and the number five Alpha? Well, the problem persists, but what is located on the passenger side of the car? Cool suit. That makes sense as to why they would open the door and perhaps fiddle with it a little bit, see if that made a difference. Turns out, not a cool suit related issue. They think they're losing their steering rack. It, the problem persists for Roy Block out on the track. This is not a circuit, Jeremy, where uh, you want any problems with your power steering or indeed your steering rack. There's a, uh, a lot of uh, there's a lot of quick corners where that loads up, and there's a lot of quick changes of direction as well as the leaders uh, put a lap on Ted Giovannis, who very kindly steers out the way and actually almost brings the car. Uh, to uh, halt as he goes into turn number two. I'll tell you what, the pace at the front of this field, Jeremy, is pretty unrelenting at the moment. If people were talking about saving tyres here, uh, nobody told Austin McCuster, Eric Figueras and Kenny Marillo because they're cracking on. Yeah, I mean, they're doing 33s uh, still. 33-9 last time around for the race leader. The, the race lap record round here was set last year uh, at a 30.9, so three seconds away from that. Yeah, I think Austin's just managing his pace at the moment. Uh, he, he doesn't want to push too hard. Uh, if, he can, if he can maintain that gap and, uh, and, and, uh, and the lead, he'll be more than happy with that when he comes over to hand the car to Rory Vanster for the final stint in this race. So yeah, there's no point in, in pulling out a big lead and then burning off your tyres and having nothing in case there might be a full course caution or whatever. So. He's driving a, a really, really nice race at the moment. Eric Fergaris ditto in that second position. 
uh, and also Kenny Murillo in third too. So it's cool to see these three different, completely different cars, Aston Martin, the Porsche and the Mercedes running just in lockstep at the moment. And I think just, you know, just biding their time at this stage in the race. We've got 21 minutes down only in the race. So really halfway to when the pit stop window effectively opens. Around the outside. The had enough of following. Yes. Because <laughs> as you say that, Jeremy, they try and make a liar out of you and decide to turn up the wick. And for a moment, there's almost three across the track going into turn number three. And the RS1, Eric Filgaris, driven green and black Cayman 718, was having a real go around the outside into the Andretti hairpin. And these three have closed up now. Filgaris thinks about going down the inside to turn number five and then thinks better of it. That 718 looks absolutely tiny compared to the Aston Martin. That's a mid-engine car, of course, engine hidden away where the back seats would be. Even if you look at the road car version, you can't see the engine. You have to get underneath the car to actually see the engine. There's no way uh, to actually access it from the, the hatchback behind the, uh, the driver. Whereas the two cars either side of it, both with the Fiat twin turbocharged engine are front engine cars. It's more of the traditional Grand Tourer look for both the Aston Martin Vantage and the Mercedes. And in fact, the Aston Martin shares the AMG engine. Although, oh, and a little mistake there by Kenny Murillo. Just dropped the right hand side Michelin's onto the dirt coming out of 11. And that kicked the car sideways and dragged him further sideways, uh, further to the right, excuse me. Uh, as he came out of there. Yeah, Aston Martin using the AMG engine. They have a technical partnership with them for their road and street, their road stroke street cars and their racing cars. But we're very uh, impressed when that first happened a few years ago uh, and somewhat surprised at how much they were allowed to Aston-ize that engine. That's, I know that's not a word, but you know what I mean. How much they were allowed to to tune the engine themselves, not just with electronics as well, with some internal components. And this battle for the lead now, heads up the hill, coming towards some more lapped traffic at the moment. And that will be... Uh, block can't be too far up the road from them at the moment as they head over the top at uh, the corkscrew, Jeremy. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting that uh, Cameron Lawrence is uh, slipping back a little bit in the fourth position in the number 95 tournament as what BMW. He's uh, fallen about three seconds behind the three leaders at the moment. Meanwhile, in TCR, Harry Gottsecker has pulled out a substantial advantage over his now teammate in second place, Mason Philippi in column 98. Matt Pombo has fallen more than 10 seconds behind the leader, the pole sitter, in third position in that uh, LA Honda World Racing uh, brand new Honda Civic car number 37. So already problems for Hugh Plum in the team TGM car. He's dropped off the lead lap and we've still got problems for in TCR, the number five Alpha and that car slow again uh, from the top of the hill. So whatever was ailing that car and in fact that steering issue still not sorted it's not going to fix itself is it it's back in the pit lane we'll let you 
uh, keep an eye on that. We've already lost the Rockwell Autosport developments machine behind the wall uh, with fuel pressure problems. And we had a non-starter in the ship, the Will Sports AMG GT4. Uh, Gary Ferreira and the team, that car involved in an incident in free practice yesterday and uh, not able to be repaired. He here on the, uh, on the grounds of the circuit, so did not take to the track for qualifying or the race today. Control of delete for Roy Block and the Alpha, hoping that will solve their steering issues. Back out on the track at the moment. Austin McCusker by half a second, then another second back to uh, from Eric Figueras to Kelly Marillo. And as you mentioned, Jeremy, just starting to see a little bit of a breakaway. Nearly three seconds now uh, between Kenny Marillo and fourth place Turner Motorsport BMW, uh, Cameron Lawrence, who's got Alfredo Nagerie for RV Motorsports for company. Uh, top five cars, still different manufacturers. Yeah, that's right. And uh, the uh, Alfredo Nagerie having got past uh, uh, Sean McAllister, what, uh, seven or eight laps ago now, he's pulled away in a pretty good clip now. He's put four seconds between himself and McAllister. He's really challenging for that fourth position. With uh, Cameron Lawrence has it at the moment, but Alfredo Nadri wants it, and he's trying really hard to get it. He was challenging down into the hairpin uh, at, uh, on, the, on this lap. So we'll see where he can pull it off. But uh, meanwhile, the Cuscan are running wide out of turn five. Well, they're all running wide on that new asphalt there. So, you know, they're heading up the hill there. That three-car battle continues in the for the lead of this race. Mason Felipe's got up into second position, makes it a 1-2 in TCR for Hyundai Alandra. Brian Herder, Autosport, Matt Pombo, the pull sitter, uh, has dropped back uh, a few seconds now in third position. Remember that the broadcast team will be nominating our Michelin moment of the race for both TCR and GS. And Sheer Adam has more news, and it's not good news, I'm afraid, from down in the pit lane. Shay, what do you have? The little alpha has gone behind the wall, so the issue was not solved with the Control-Alt-Delete, and it looks like the steering rack is going to claim a victim. Electronic or electrically operated steering racks are quite normal nowadays on streetcars and indeed race cars, hence the Control-Alt-Delete. Sometimes that just shocks the system into being uh, right again not work that safety issue of course you can't be risking that particularly not on a circuit well, not on any circuit really but certainly not here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca so clean start to the race he says crossing his fingers and uh, making sure that uh, I've got me uh, all the lucky bits and pieces around me as I say that uh, and it is still then green flag racing fastest lap of the race some time ago to the RS1 Porsche in second to 132.498 and Harry Gottsacker leading TCR has the fastest TCR lap of the race on a 133.8 so a little slower than the lap records but that's Temperature of the track now just starting to drop a wee bit down to 41 Celsius, 106 Fahrenheit. Let's see if that produces a little bit more speed as we come through 
to what around halfway through the stint for the TCRs, a little more than that for the GSs, and 15 minutes, Jeremy, still to go for minimum drive time in the categories. Yeah, that's right, and uh, a really interesting battle going on there at the front of the field, and uh, Kenny Murillo was held up briefly there by the uh, by Dr. Will Talley in the, the second of the uh, Honda World Civics, that's the older FK7-bodied car, but it's still McCusker who leads, and Phil Garris sort of content to follow in his wheel tracks at this stage. Can't imagine it's going to be long before we start seeing some warnings handed out for track limits at turn yeah. five. Oh, you've got to do it. Uh, um, oh, don't pave it. I can see both sides of that in point of fact, but if you if you you should be able to drive your race car in within the white lines and yeah you know, yeah, you know, uh, know. Shea was at the drivers meeting earlier on the day what was said about that Shea uh, from um, our race director uh, to the, the drivers in the Michelin Pilot Challenge about this new tarmac Bo Barfield laid it out very plainly he said we are going to continue to police track limits as we have always done with an IMSA which is you must have two wheels on the racing surface at all time the curbs are defined as the racing surface, so if you have four wheels on the black stuff, that is track limits. If you have two wheels on the curbs, you are still within the rim of the track. So it does reprofile those corners by giving them more space to drive on because previously they would have been driving on sand if they'd gone two wheels over the curb, but yeah, that's how they're policing it. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I understand the, the thinking behind uh, the, the track seeing what they've got to do we, let's see what happens when the whole track's repaved and see if there is any difference there uh, one thing i i would say is that it's quite it's quite simple in motor gp which is at the Mon this weekend actually there's a different colored tarmac on the outside of the curves and if if you go on that you, that's your track limits well it's kind of the same here except it's rather than being green it's very black rather than the gray uh, of the of the main the main surface, I, I do think that um, the astroturf that we've still got at turn six and at turn eleven, or you can make that that tarmac beyond the curbs. You can make it a different colour so it's easy to spot, like it is at the uh, at the corkscrew, and make it low grip. Uh, that's the thing. Make it low grip. Absolutely right. That's that's my uh, suggestion here. Uh, so there's, there's absolutely no advantage to running Correct. onto it. Uh, I mean, you're, you're always going to push the limits. I mean, that's what racing is. You're pushing the limits. And <laughs> that's true, you don't want to step over the, the, those limits. I, I mean, I can see why the uh, you know why those limits are being enforced, but I just think it's really messy. And I yeah, I mean, we, we, we motor racing existed for many many years uh, without that uh, problem re rearing its head i don't really see, understand why it should do so now except the fact of course one of the factors is that the suspensions nowadays are so good correct but here uh, particularly at weather raceway laguna seca the, the curbs are very very flat here mainly for the benefit of the motorcycles um, and so there's really no harm to running and using all those curbs if you made the curbs higher then there would be a, a disincentive to run on them but uh, you know that's the way the track is and 
Yeah, and the drivers have got to do that, do their job to to keep within those limits. I, I do think it's interesting because track design. Keep an eye on the battle for the lead, by the way. It's uh, in behind uh, Jacob Daly for Daily Motorsports and his Hyundai Elantra. Keeping an eye on that whilst that's happening. I, I do think it's interesting that the fashions and fads. Hang on a second. We're going to run up the hill. Yeah, uh, and we've also got the. Uh, that's the number 14, which is Ave Motorsports, Alfredo Nitri, yeah. up into fourth, but then yeah. off the track and in the dirt at uh, at turn six. And whilst that was going on behind them, a new second place now is Kenny Marillo in the orange and blue AMG. is up the second ahead of Eric Filgueros. And that, as Jeremy rightly said, was a run out of turn six. And it looks like... Uh, Kenny's pushed the go button here. He's already got the overlap coming out of turn number 11, side by side with the Aston for the lead. The red, white and blue car on the right-hand side of the track, the orange and blue car on the left, but they've got the slight complication of having the liquid volley orange and black TCR car. Will they go either side? And here comes Filgueras in the green Porsche. And it looks like Marillo's gone to the lead. He has, and down to third place then, Austin McCusker. He's battling, trying to get his second position back. The leaders side by side with the number 70 TCR car of Jacob Daly. My goodness me, what an exchange that was. And all of a sudden, Kenny Marillo seems to have come to life there, Jeremy, as we're uh, some, what, uh, 35 minutes into this race. Yeah, and I think it's it's, it's uh, more a factor of the Aston Martin driver struggling. His lap times have fallen away a little bit over the last couple of laps. You could see how much he was struggling to keep the car on the track, particularly at turn five, running wide on, on a regular basis and certainly earning the... Uh, the uh, response there, I think, or at least uh, the eyes of race control. Um, and I think it's because the car is sliding a little bit and it's happening with, with several of the drivers in, in this field. Alfredo Nadri has been one of the quickest cars on track for the last several laps until he made the, yes. that mistake coming off turn six last time round, which cost him a bit of ground to the three leaders. But he pulled away from Cameron Lawrence yep. by, to the tune of more than a couple of seconds before he made that error up there so that car is going really really well at this stage and clearly the Toyota looking after its tyres a lot better than some of the other cars and particularly the Aston Martin that was leading the race. He uh, dropped just over two seconds with that uh, little error and that's uh, taking him slightly closer back to Cameron Lawrence but he's got himself sorted out wow put in a 34-4 last time around that's the same sort of time as the leader and uh, that has pulled him again two seconds away from Cameron Lawrence. Uh, Alfredo Nagy did not drop a place there in going off the circuit. So it's Murillo uh, from RS1. What a brilliant pass for the lead. Traffic playing its part, I do think, as well uh, with that crossover for the lead with the Daily Motorsport machine. But coming out of turn number 11, Jeremy, the Marillo Mercedes AMG seemed to have a ton more grip, was able to pick the inside line and square off the corner and get on the throttle much, much earlier. There was, wasn't it? Ah. Yeah, big uh, big difference there. Core Motorsport with a problem, and this is the number 59 car, and it's Bob McKeelian who was in eighth position, and that yeah. car is touring, Jeremy. Yeah, and he just... Oh, there's... Uh, some fluids out of the back of that car. He just overtaken Jensen Altsman in the other Ford in this race, the number 13 car. 
Uh, and now it looks like Bob has a problem. But that's, that's, that's a shame. He was due to share this car with young Luca Mars, who is uh, super fast. Yes, he is. Bob uh, is the son of uh, Jim McCadden, who runs the, uh, the Long Beach racetrack, of course, for many, many years. But yeah, it looks like a uh, uh, pretty major problem for that core motorsports forward Mustang. That's a shame. Trying to see if that smoke coming out from underneath is from a, a tyre problem, and it's just being drafted underneath the car. He's just coming through the corkscrew now, and he's staying out of everybody's way, as he should do. There is a tyre problem, it's the right-hand side, and I think it, it, if it is a tyre, it's the right front, but, but I don't think it is. I think all of his Michelins have air in them. Just want to finish one quick point that I... I we got interrupted with all the action. Um, I do think it's interesting how track um, boundaries tends to be cyclical. A few years ago, we took out all, in, particularly here in Europe, we took out all of the gravel traps and put down um, hard standing, put down tarmac surface because apparently that was better and people could scrub speed off by doing that rather than having gravel up to the side of the track. Um, and that's now fallen out of favour and even places like Spa which were very badly transformed in my opinion made it much less of a, a challenge the gravel traps are now back up to the edge of the circuit now what that does do is mean they can give you issues with needing safety cars or full course yellows to recover cars from out of gravel traps that are right next to the surface circuit but it also means Jeremy that there are consequences if you stick your wheels off um, you pays your money, you takes your choice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, good point. Uh, here's a battle now, uh, all of a sudden, uh, for the leading TCR. Not so long ago, there was uh, seven seconds between the first and second place car. Well, no longer, because Mason Philippi, in that car number 33, has, uh, has uh, his mirrors full now of number 98 of uh, Harry Gottsegger. They, they, they just changed positions again, actually. Number 33 car leads, so that's, that's been the way to got second leads, Mason Philippi in second place. Right. The last few laps they've been bottled up behind uh, Vin Barletta's GS to the most what BMW, car number 96, so they're kind of struggling to get uh, ahead of that car, and there's another train of uh, GS cars just up the road as well. Let's go down to Shea Adam, who has news of the Bob McKeelian Core Motorsports Ford Mustang, the number 59 car. There, there was tyre changes on that, uh, Shea, but I'm not sure that there was a, a puncture on, on that number 59 car. Tyre change and driver change, no puncture, nothing visible, but the car did fire back up and very recalcitrantly went behind the wall. Luca Mars taking it back there. Drive time was definitely not met by uh, Bob McCallion during his drive time, so that would be interesting if the car can come back out from behind the wall. He'll need at least a couple minutes as into the pit lane now comes Ted Giovannis for number 64 TGM Aston Martin. Fuel tires and Owen Trinkler for that car. I'm also seeing Vin Barletta about to come in here soon because Robbie Foley is up on the wall for the 95 Turner Motorsport BMW. Remember, this car won the last time out at Seabrook. Feels like a very long time ago. Oh, and also into the pit lane, the number 39 Carbon Porsche. That means we're about to be treated to some Jeff Westfall driving for that Porsche fuel and new tires all the way around. Yeah, I misspoke earlier on. I was uh, confused. Uh, <laughs> 
not unusual at my time of life in fairness uh, the minimum drive time here in Michelin Pilot Challenge 40 four zero minutes 45 in WeatherTech four zero minutes here so that has now been achieved uh, and the fall from grace and from pace of Austin McCusker continues as Alfredo Nigri has gone by uh, rather easily in the RV Motorsports car. So I can only imagine Austin McCusker and the Van der Stur Racing Aston Martin, Jeremy Shaw, uh, is really struggling for grip out there at the moment. Yeah, he is, but uh, Nasri is absolutely flying in that uh, in that turn. The last several laps, he's been the fastest car on the track. Last time around was 134.2 for the, uh, the guy from the, the Dominican Republic. The race leader, Kenny Marullo, who's pulling away from Eric Bogueris for a tune of, well, three or four tenths of a second over the last few laps. The leader was two tenths slower even than Alfredo Nadri. So Nadri really doing a nice job, uh, as is Kenny Marillo out front. We know the Mercedes is good on its tyres. It is. Uh, and Kenny Marillo is taking full advantage of that. And clearly, so is the Toyota. Now up into, is he up into third position? I think he might Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went by Austin Bakuska there. That yeah. was the, the quite simple pass. Yeah. Him down. So that, that pit stop by uh, by the number 39 car, that's the first of the leaders to make a pit stop. Number 64 car is already a couple of laps down, so unless there's something really weird happens, that's not going to be a factor. Uh, here is the number 71 uh, Rebel Rock uh, Camaro in the pit lane, as is Vin Barletta in the number 96 car. He will hand over that number 96 car to uh, Robbie Foley. And of course, it was that pairing that won the most recent race at Sebring back in March. Yeah, uh, Shea Adam down there in the pit lane will go to her in uh, just a moment. The 39 car that Jeremy was talking about dropping out of the league uh, group, that was the car bomb with Peregrine Porsche, the black and green car. The two Hyundais go across the line to start another lap. They'll go as close as they can, if not over the hour mark. The TCRs can easily go uh, on one stop here. The cars that are coming in now probably haven't used a full tank of fuel. Not be far off, but what they're doing is uh, getting in after the 40 minutes uh, and uh, the drive time has been completed uh, by their lesser experienced driver and they're going to get their better driver in to take it to the end. Shit, uh, a little update from down in the pit lane about who's been in, who's gone out and who's come back from behind the wall. We've got fuel tires and Robin Liddell in the Rebel Brock Camaro. We've got fuel tires and Spencer Pompelli in the BGB Porsche. And back from behind the wall came the Alpha, but it wasn't right yet. It stayed in the transition lane, went all the way up, sat in the penalty box with Richard before getting clearance to go toward the area where you can cut back into the garage, where it rolled sadly and slowly backwards down. It's going back for more work. Yeah. BGB Motorsports on the way out, clipped their tyre on the right rear. So that's going to be a drive through there. Uh, Tom Collingwood, as he comes back on the track, they just left the tyre a tiny bit too close to, uh, excuse me, Spencer Pompelli. They haven't changed their uh, driver ID on that car. Tom Collingwood out of that. I think that'll get called. Uh, and that was just an errant tyre left uh, to the right-hand side of that car. So 45 minutes completed. Here's how they stand. Marillo racing by 2.2 seconds in that number 72. The orange metallic with blue of the Mercedes from Eric Vilgueros and the very striking black and 
green, number 28, Porsche 718 Cayman. He's got 4.2 seconds on the red and white Alfredo Najri driven number 14, the RV Motorsports Toyota. This has been a brilliant run from Alfredo. Uh, he's got half a second or thereabouts on Austin McCusker, Van der Steyr Racing, the pole sitting Aston Martin Vantage, the number 19, mostly white car. Then Cameron Lawrence for Turner Motorsport in the 95 car. Uh, he is uh, about to come across the line. I'll give you the gap there. I think it was about seven seconds. Yes, it is 7.2 seconds uh, as uh, Cameron goes across the line. In fact, he's been passed by Jeff Morsing in the other Michello racing car, but Marillo racing car, excuse me, the number 56 car. Uh, pit stop starting for the TCR cars. In has come Brian Ortiz in the Van der Stur racing machine. That seems a little bit early to me. We'll get Shane down there to have a little look at that one and find out what was going on. And front tyres only on that car. Tyler Maxon's getting in. That's all about drive time, Shea's just told me on uh, uh, talkback frequency. Which car, sorry, John? Uh, that was uh, Brian Ortiz out of the number 91 TCR. That was the car that lost all its times, remember, because Brian got out of the car uh, before the end of qualifying, before he was cleared to do so. And he had a, a pretty decent start position that pushed him all the way at the back. They fought their way yeah. back up to ninth position. Uh, no, they were, they were up in the, in the fourth, I think, in, in the TCR. Uh, yeah, they're running in fourth position, fair way back. But uh, Brian Ortiz had worked his way back to where he should have been, really, yeah, good at point. the start of this race. But I'm surprised they've come in this uh, this early because it's a long way to get to the end from here. They're going to need a caution, I think, to make it on just that one pit stop. So the, the other TCR staying out for a little bit longer as these uh, two race leaders are catching up now to Bryce Ward, who's running in the 14th position in GS. Then there's two TCR leaders. And again, those TCR, two TCR cars are about 17 seconds ahead of Matt Pombo, the pole sitter uh, in that uh, LA Honda World Racing Honda Civic. Yeah, Bryce is effectively the last of the GS cars that's running from 1 to 14. And again, it's not his fight. Uh, if he yeah. lets these guys go through, he doesn't want to compromise uh, his race at the moment. He'll be getting a call from the guys on the radio. Now he'll pull away from them down the straight once the Mercedes AMG gets into its stride. There he goes. But I think if I was. I think if I was uh, on his pit wall, I might just say to them, if they get that close to you again, Bryce, just breathe out of it going into 11 uh, and let them go through. Yeah, and Bryce, Bryce, as you say, in 14th position, he's he's the last of the car of the GS cars that hasn't yet made a pit stop. So next up on the road behind him, not that far behind, about 10, 12 seconds or so, is Jeff Westfall in that number 39 car barn with Peregrine Porsche. Number 39 has made a pit stop uh, and is the highest place of the cars to do so. And he's right. uh, yeah, a fair way ahead, he's probably about another 11 seconds or more ahead of uh, Robert Foley, the car 96, who's next of those who have made a stop. Then it's Spencer Pompelli uh, and then it's Robin Liddell uh, behind him. Yeah, so the top 14 cars, what Jeremy's saying there is the top 14 cars have not yet stopped in GS. So they haven't elected to 
do their uh, driver change after the 40 minutes. Um, lots of activity in the pit lane, but they I suppose at this point, Jeremy, you've kind of made your bed tactically, and you might as well leave your first driver out until either there's a yellow or they need to come in for fuel and tyres. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, if, uh, the, the longer you go now, uh, the, uh, if you have to make two stops, the, the shorter your, your last stop will be, which is always a good, a good factor. Um, but uh, 49 minutes gone now, so yeah, an hour and 10 minutes remaining. We're um, certainly going to be fairly close now to the leaders coming in. Uh, yeah, they, I think the GS cars, they can generally do around about 50, 50 minutes or yes, so, more than that, which is what they've done right now. 50, 55 minutes. Jeff Westphal's But again, just I don't think, you know, John, excuse me, they're, they're not really, really running flat out at the moment. At least the leaders aren't because you know, they are take, trying to take care of their Michelin tyres. Yep. So they, they, they could run faster and therefore would use more fuel. So that you know, yeah. it's a, an interesting balance that they have to strike. I think that's a very good point you've made there, Jeremy, in, in trying to ensure that they aren't tyre limited for the race. They're actually getting better fuel mileage. And, and, and that's really a, a, a very good point that you've, you've made there. Jeff Westfall, who's on a new set of Michelins, has reset the fastest lap in GS the last couple of times by at least possibly even the, the last three times. He's down to a 32-0 now, and that's four seconds faster than Kenny Marillo at the front of the field. They are trying to achieve very different things um, in the way they're driving at the moment. Meantime, at the front of TCR, Harry Gottsacker and Mason Phillippe are tied together with a short bungee cord at the moment as the leader comes over the top of the hill at the corkscrew. All the teams in the pit lane who haven't stopped are up on the wall now and I wonder if, Je if Kenny's coming in this time round for Murillo Racing. That would give the lead back to Eric Figueras or the lead to Eric Figueras. He's not let yet led. No, Kenny's no. gone through. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Fergaris, he's been in second position in 32 of the 33 laps we've done so far. Uh, but he's had different yeah, different guys ahead of him or behind him for all of that time. The, I, only, I the, only, lap he, the only lap he wasn't in second place was, uh, was on lap 22, which was the lap on which uh, he got passed by Kenny, uh, Kenny Marillo, who then the following lap got passed the erstwhile leader which was, of course, uh, Austin McCusker. A bit of side-by-side -side, uh, action there. Chris Miller in the 17 Unitronic, the Lippa Molly car, uh, getting a little hip check uh, from... What was the... Uh, one of the Mustangs, wasn't it? It was, I think it was the 14. Uh, no, so that must have been the Toyota, excuse me, of Alfredo Nigeri, third-place car. We'll see if the... Uh, race, if race control deems it necessary to have a wee look at that one. Uh, bad news from the pit lane, by the way, we have another retirement. It's official. The number five, Alfa Romeo Giulietta Veloce of KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering will not come back to the track there. That adds then to the early retirement of Rockwell Automotive Sport Development 
Audi, the number 10 car. And we've still got the Ford Mustang GT4, 59, the Bob McKillian car. That is still in the pits. We await news of that car, but obviously all of those, or, or that car, even was to come back, uh, the number 59 Ford uh, is way down. Austin McCusker heads to the pit lane for Van der Stur Racing in the Aston Martin that was sitting on pole position. If you want to get in touch, it's at IMSA Radio. Shay Adam has that car. Oh, and Jeff Morsings followed him into the pit lane. So that was uh, fourth and fifth. And coming into the pit lane now towards you, Shay, from GS. What a great drive by Jeff Mosing. He qualified back quite a bit further. It's now time for Eric Voss to take over fuel and tires for the Murillo Racing number 56 Mercedes. It is a great stop so far for the number 19 Vandersher Racing Park as Rory takes over from Austin McCusker. Laguna Seca is actually on the back of both of their driving suits. I love it. They've done custom suits for this weekend. Uh, Trash Boy race car is on the side of their car as well, doing a special design for this weekend. We now are just waiting on fuel for this Aston Martin. They should leave well and truly ahead of the Mercedes because they did come in ahead of the Mercedes. As into the pit lane comes the Archangel Racing uh, Aston Martin. Archangel Motorsports, excuse me, Todd Coleman started that car. It is Patrick Lindsay who's taken over. Now we do have the Aston Martin rolling once again for Vandersteer Racing, followed out by Mosing. Uh, well, Mosing's car, it's now Foss. It's got Mosing Motorcars on the hood. And two more Mercedes into the pit lane this time around. We've got Daniel Mora taking over for Bryce Ward in the Windward Racing number 57. And then it is time for Scott Andrews to finally take over for the number 27 Lone Star Racing. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Harry Gottsager and Mason Philippi have swapped positions and we've got a new leader in TCR. Mason finally gets through on his teammate. Took him a few goals there, Jeremy, but it was a nice clean pass, as you would expect from two drivers who have Brian Herter uh, potentially talking in their ears, actually, but not uh, this weekend because he's at, uh, in Indianapolis, isn't he? But um, he instills a, a bit of patience and a, a bit of discipline to his drivers. Yeah, he does. He, he, he'll be He'll be watching with interest, of course, for Brian, even though he's been uh, busy uh, in Indianapolis for the. Uh, yeah, Grand that's finished Prix now. There. Yeah, good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be glued to this. He, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, a whole bunch of pit stops now for Leeds. Interestingly, the, uh, the the cars that had been running first and second then run 55 minutes before they brought the cars onto pit lane and. The, the, the car that has not yet stopped is car number 14, Alfredo Nadri. Also staying out is Jensen Altsman, who's about 20 seconds behind in car number 13. He's really been uh, falling off the pace. He's losing four seconds a lap compared to what he was running earlier on. Uh, uh, but it, despite that, Altsman has just passed um, the Cameron Lawrence. 95 car yeah. of uh, Cameron Lawrence last time around as well. And uh, Adam Adelson right there in that picture as well in car number 47. I think they're trying to, to reach the halfway mark before yeah. they come into the pit lane. Well, Here I'm, comes Nadri. He's not quite going to make it, however. I, I tell you what, I'm very impressed with that Toyota, the red, white and black Toyota Gazoo racing Latin America car and by Nadri because where other people were... Oh, he's got a little bit uh, long on his pit lane, but I think he's going to be all right. Where other people were really uh, struggling with tyres towards the end, his pace was still pretty impressive and certainly quicker than the people uh, in front of him. He might be able to improve his position here. They're putting the tyres and wheels on. Jensen Altman, Cameron Lawrence and Adam Adelson, the other cars who have not yet stopped, 
have followed him in, so that's only that would be only Alex Filzinger for the motorsport in action, the Mia McLaren Artura, who hasn't stopped in GS. Let's see if he comes in this time around. Shea Adam is watching these pit stops down in pit lane for the leading GS cars. Fuel tires and driver changes everywhere. It's Thiago Camilo who's now aboard the Toyota for the number 14. We've got uh, Elliot Skier aboard the number 47 for Motorsport. The 44, which is the Aston Martin being run by Accelerating Performance, that now has Michael Cooper installed. And for the number 13, McCombie Mackler, it is McCombie behind the wheel. That would be Chad, race winner here in ST, back in 2016. We also have the Turner Takamobile in. That is Cameron Lawrence out, Robert McGuinness taking over. Shocking looking pit stop for the number 13. We could be McAleer racing for Mustang. Not sure what was going on there, but the, the fuel hose looked to have been out for some time. They had a problem, I think, with the, the right rear. Uh, keep an eye on that to see if they can manage to get that car going. Meantime, the leader in, sorry, second place it was, wasn't he? Just uh, lost the lead, Harry Gottsacker, in TCR is in the pit lane. Mason Phillippe, by the way, up into the top five before he makes his pit stop. And that means Matt Pombo's gone back into second place. But of course, those two, Jeremy, still owes pit stops uh, whilst uh, Harry Gottsacker is just waiting on the VP Racing Fuel now before uh, that car goes out. And it's Rob Wiggins, in fact, now in that car. Nice little burnout by Rob Wiggins. And that car is out. Now, did they pit early enough? Did they pit too early or did they not go far enough that'll be the question let's see how they roll out in comparison to uh, Mason Felipe's uh, car who is in the pit lane now is he yeah, just about right yeah. around the corner there. yeah absolutely uh, that wasn't Mason who's come into the pit lane though, no, no, that's it? Taylor Hagler it's Taylor yeah. yeah in defending champion wearing the number one little lock up as she comes to a halt ready to get out of the car and that looks like front tyres only for that Hyundai as well uh, this weekend. I'm enjoying this Jeremy because we've seen the relative performances of all the cars in this first hour or so. It's uh, 30 seconds to half distance here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Sega. Yeah and the, it looks like the McLaren Artura is going to be able to make it to halfway uh, before it makes its stop, Alex Filsinger now leads this motor race, but only by a couple of seconds over Jeff Westfall, who's closing very, very quickly. 133, two, one, 1 minute 33.2 of the lap time last time for the second place car of Westfall uh, to the 136.4 of Alex Filsinger. So more than th almost three seconds, the differential there. It was only 2.3 seconds between them as they crossed the line. But the, the, the strategy for, for the uh, car barn with Peregrine team uh, they've, uh, they've rolled the dice here by stopping at the 40-minute uh, mark in this race. They were the first of the leaders to make a pit stop, came in in sixth position, and here is Westfall now in the lead of this race. However, he's going to need a lot more fuel uh, for his second stop, which he's definitely going to have to make, than the other guys. If there is a full-course caution, he's still, unless it's a really long caution, isn't going to be able to make it. If there is a full-course caution, and some of these guys that, that stretch out their fuel might be able to make it. So uh, still a, you know, a fair bit of strategy to be played out during this two-hour race. And Phil Singer now finally makes his way onto pit lane. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Opportunity with the driver changes having taken place to speak to some of those who took the start as the leader 
in TCR comes into the lane. Mason Felipe uh, is now in the lane. I'll watch that as you can talk to Kenny Murillo. Kenny, what was it that you just got tired of driving around in third that all of a sudden you went to first and thought, hey, this is pretty nice? Yeah, I mean, it was just all about managing the tire. It's really key around this place. And that's a real true testament to uh, everybody here at Marilla Racing. They did an amazing job setting up this uh, Mercedes-AMG GT4 perfectly with his Michelin tires. Um, I mean, what a dream to drive. Uh, there was a small window of opportunity, and, you know, you just got to seize those. And, you know, it's always a pleasure racing Eric. He's always a good friend of mine and races clean. So uh, ultimately just incredibly happy, um, and I couldn't wish for anything better. Is this the track that means the most to both you and Christian? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, this is kind of our home track, and uh, it's a shame we don't spend enough time here. It's a really great track. Uh, they do a great job with the facility, and uh, yeah, we always want to win at a home track, but, you know, take it one step at a time. Christian's in the car. He's doing a great job, and uh, I have all the faith in the world. Great opening stint. Yes, thank you. And Don, even if he does come home with the biggest trophy possible, it would still be the second best thing he's done this week, because Aurora said yes. Ah, excellent. Congratulations. Uh, we'll need to know when the date is and, uh, you know, buy a hat and all that sort of thing. Hello to Blur Fiend. Busy day at the workshop. Fettling Porsches now tuned in and enjoying what he says quite rightly. Great racing from Laguna Seca as always. Thank you, Blur Fiend. Um, I hear that uh, you might be coming to the centenary of Le Mans this year. I just hear that on the grapevine. Hope that is true. Haggerty Radio Le Mans covering that for you uh, from the first weekend of June. Exclusive coverage of Test Day and then the only place that you can get live coverage free is via Haggerty Radio Le Mans and some familiar voices on there for you uh, from uh, that uh, excellent event that we're looking forward to before that of course next weekend we've got the Nürburgring 24 hours one of the biggest GT3 and multi-class GT races in the world 146 cars I think have been declared for that and will be on the air with a special midweek motorsport from Wednesday live coverage in sound and vision uh, free live coverage with the World Fate TV that starts on Thursday of next week. Hope you can join us for some of that. For now, we've got 56 minutes still to go in what so far has been a very interesting race here for the IMSA Mission and Pilot Challenge at the Motul Corsa de Monterey, powered by Hyundai Weekend. And what we're seeing at the front of the field is Jeff Westfall. Having made his stop early, Jeremy, a bit earlier than everyone else, with the benefit of those fresh Michelin tyres, getting the performance bonus, and finds himself leading the motor race ahead of Murillo Racing's number 72. So that pit stop uh, protocol and the pit stop uh, strategy has worked very well for Carbide. Yep, indeed, and, uh, but like I said a few minutes ago, they, their, their next stop is going to be a lot longer than the other contenders, so it'll, it'll come down to the whether or not there's a full course caution, um, how the pace of the tyres is. Interestingly, the last time around, Jeff Westfall's lap was a, a 133.3. He's turning uh, um, 32s up until a couple laps ago. Again, this tire degradation. New fastest lap, by the way, a couple of laps ago. In fact, a new one this time around. 
for Daniel Morad for Windward Racing in that number 57 Mercedes. He's just at a 131.462. So uh, that's only half a second outside the lap record of this race. Remember, right in the early stages, they're running uh, what, a couple of three seconds away from that. So the pace is definitely being upped. The question is, uh, do you burn through your, your Michelin tyres? 131.367 is the new best lap from Scott Andrews for Lone Star Racing in the number 27 oh, wow. Mercedes. And the number, uh, the numbers that a lot of people will be looking at is not necessarily just those lap times. Uh, track temperature now down to 36. That's 10 Celsius that it's dropped. Uh, 97 Fahrenheit. We were at 115, weren't we, when we started this race? Uh, hearing, by the way, that the number 59 Mustang has retired. That's the Core Motorsports machine. That car's an official retirement, as is the Alpha. Uh, and uh, the Alpha number five and the number 10 Rockwell Autosport development car. That was fuel pressure problems. As in comes the number 96. This is Robbie Forley, and that is fuel only. So this is the second stop for this car. Yeah. So yeah. do they think they can make it home from here? Jeremy yes. Shaw with 54 on the clock. I guess the answer is yes. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, you know, Don Salama is the uh, the uh, strategist there for Turner Motorsport. Has been for many, many years. A very successful driver in his own right, by the way, in the forerunner of this championship. Uh, and he is a master strategist. There's, there's half a dozen guys who, who know every trick in the book. He is one of them. Joe Vardy is another one at um, Team TGM. But uh, Don's splitting his strategies here. And uh, yes, uh, he could go to the end from here. So he's the first of the GS cars to make what will be his final pit stop, unless of the full course caution, in which case some of conceivably could stay out. But uh, uh, really interesting to see that Robbie Foley then, the first guy to, 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 to blink, and he comes out of seventh position to make that second stop of his afternoon. So what are they hoping for here, Jeremy? Um, that the race stays green, yes. uh, and they can then cycle through when everyone else makes their stops? Yeah. Well, okay. well, if it's a full course caution, no, it, it, full course caution would be perfect for them because uh, assuming they've stayed on the lead lap and have to wait till, till they come around, but I think you probably will have done. Assuming he's stayed on the lead lap, if uh, there is a full caution, the pits would be closed, everybody would pack, pack up behind the safety car, uh, and then everybody would make their pit stops that needed to, but he wouldn't. So he would stay out and he'd cycle to the front then. So either strategy is looking pretty good for him. But, uh, I think he is on the lead lap. Would be even better. Yeah, he's just coming uh, to the start-finish line now, and uh, the leader uh, is just coming through really curved turn nine. Uh, so he's a third of a lap from going down a lap at the moment. Yeah. If you see yeah. what I mean. So yeah. that is. I think that's a very interesting strategy. I'm keeping, I've, I've noted that down for the Michelin moment of the race in GS. Uh, we've still got, by the way, the 98 and 33 Brian Herder Autosport Hyundai Elantra is battling away. Mark Wilkins in the 98 ahead of Robert Wiggins by just on three seconds. Ryan Eversley in that new FL5 TCR Honda Civic. Uh, he is in third position. That car was on pole position 
Uh, having a decent battle with Denny Dupont for the second of the Rockwell, the remaining Rockwell Autosport development RS3, the sequential box car, that's the number 15. Tyler Maxson for Van der Stur Racing's Elantra, the number 91 car is in fifth, and in sixth in TCR is the defending champion, uh, number one team from Brian Hurt Autosport. Uh, Tyler Hagler out of that car, Michael Lewis now in that machine. So I'm right in seeing everybody has made at least one pit stop now. Yes, uh, that's correct. Uh, the, nobody was making fuel anywhere. That's fine. Meantime. Yeah. And the battle between, well, the, the gap between the two leaders uh, came, well, came down hugely on that last lap, actually. Uh, Christian Shimjak, uh, on lap 39, he was 5.8 seconds behind Jeff Westfall. Just completed lap 43, and the gap is down to less than two seconds between those two. A 134 for the race leader that time. Again, he's been out there uh, for 17 laps on this set of tyres, so the you know, tyre degradation is, is becoming apparent there on that Porsche. Meanwhile, the, the Mercedes, we've seen how good the Mercedes are on their tyres, they're relatively easy on their tyres, and uh, he is closed again. Meanwhile, also, uh, Stephen McAleer in the number 28 car taken over from Eric Filgeris. He's closing on Christian Shimjak as well. Sticker tyres up on the wall for Robin Liddell down at Rebel Rock Racing. And it's a full set of Michelin sticker slick tyres, brand new. And car will have to make one more stop before the end. Question, I suspect, if where and when they decide to take it in the number 71 Chevrolet Camaro. Sitting in 13th position at the moment, some 32 seconds uh, away from the leader. New fastest lap for the Toyota GR Supra. That's been a quick car anyway. Tiago Camillo has gone even faster for RV Motorsport. Sixth position for that car at the moment. Three and a half seconds uh, behind fifth, which is Eric Foss in the 56 orange Marilla Racing car. 131.428. Yeah. Uh, so that's a decent time. What's interesting to me is the car barn. Um, I was going to say Audi there for a moment. That's taken us back a bit, wasn't it? The uh, car barn. Porsche number 39 leads the motor race but has been caught now by Christian Simchak and its best lap is only a 32-0 and at the moment lapping at 33-7 and that's why that lead's come down Jeremy as you rightly noted lost a full second last time around and all of a sudden Jeff Westfall that little Porsche does not look as uh, planted as it did 10 minutes ago mm, that's exactly right uh, let's see uh, the ups and downs quite literally here of uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca and he's now got his mirrors full and right there in third position also is Stephen McAleer so we've got, once again got a three car battle for the lead as we had in the early stages well for a while it was four wasn't it in the early stages but uh, it's the Porsche that leads now but on a completely different strategy to the two cars the Mercedes and the second and the Porsches right behind him yeah Stephen McAleer will be loving seeing the two leaders right ahead of him Porsche, Mercedes, Porsche, Aston Martin, but nearly 10 seconds further back for the Van der Stur racing yeah. car. And falling back a little bit too. Yeah, 33-3 last time around. 
Yeah. And that was a second slower than Eric Foss for Murillo's 56 right. car, so that's uh, closing up as well. Yeah, yeah. and Eric Foss is closing in on Rory van der Stuer and Thiago Camilo in that Toyota is closing on Eric Foss as well. That's the battle, that will be the battle for fifth and sixth. There's a big gap back to, to Elliot Skier in the number uh, 47 Nola Sport Porsche, um, uh, who's uh, just had a Robert McGuinness in the uh, the first of the two running on different strategies, Turner Motorsport BMWs. Yeah, they have split their strategy, as we mentioned before. Now, this could get a little bit untidy. 46 minutes to go. And pit stops still required for everyone we think down to probably sixth position. We think that the RVM Motorsports Toyota is the closest at least to going to the end from where they are. The first car that's well, made two pit stops is still Robbie Forley and he yeah. is now um, what? Well down, uh, sitting in 15th position, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you know, the problem now is if you do make your second stop, you want to make sure you stay on the lead lap in case there is a full course caution. So that's the uh, that's the problem here. The, the, the issue with that is there's only uh, there's only six cars that are within half a minute of the race leader. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anybody behind that is going to run the risk of, of, of falling off the lead lap, and from there, uh, if there is a full course caution, it's not going to help you. But uh, of, of those who of the cars that, uh, the, the two cars that stayed out longest before making their first stop was num was number 69 car, the McLaren uh, Artura. But uh, Jesse Lazare is, is running at the tail end of the, of the lead pack right now. He can possibly make it to the end, uh, but uh, it's going to be very, very tight for him. Uh, but everybody else, John, I think is going to have to make that second stop unless there was a full first version. Apart from Robbie Ford. Who, who we and he's already made it. Yeah. yeah, he's made his second stop already. So, as you say, he is hoping for someone to have an issue. Scott Andrews still has the uh, best lap of the GS race, and it is Mike Lamara in the LA Honda World 73. That's the FK7, the older version of the car. 133.3. Camel Biggums just put the best lap for his team in in the Alandra for Daily Motorsports, that's the number 70 car 135.2 they are in ninth. check that 8 position my apologies and the number 14 Thiago Camillo now right with the number 56 Eric Voss, Marillo Racing AMG as they come down the hill from the corkscrew into Rainey and who's that ahead of Eric Voss? That's that is Rory Vandersteur, isn't it? So that that is that whole battle, Jeremy, from fourth all the way down to I think eighth position. No, check that seventh position. Uh, Elliot Skiers there, isn't he? So that's an interesting one as Rory Vandersteur peels out of that battle and comes into the pit lane. There's a big donut on the right-hand side of that car where somebody's had a tyre and wheel into him. That looks like uh, 
That looks like stick a tyre, Shea Adam, for that number 19, Aston Martin, with 43 minutes to go. Sticker Michelin tyres for Rory Vanderker. Is it right sides only? Yes, it is. They do have left sides up on the wall, ready to go, but not enough time as the refueling is done. And Rory is told to go, and he's not yet put it in gear. Come on, Rory, there we go. That was about seven seconds lost in time after the fuel nozzle came out. We are also waiting for Carbon. They are up on the wall further down the pit lane, John, but I did not see more than two sticker tires. Now I do see new shiny Michelins up on the wall, so perhaps Carbon is going to play a blinder too. That looked yeah. like that looked like a time stop to me, and that's why they only put sure. two tires on because as soon as the tires were done, they they pulled the fuel hose. Uh, that really really interesting that one. Yeah. Uh, What's interesting about this, these strategies, John, is tire degradation clearly is an issue. So if you can split the race into three relatively yes. e equal segments, yes. then uh, you know that can certainly play into your favour. Uh, and the number 39 car, they came in after after 40 minutes. Uh, we've now got 43 minutes to go, so I would expect them. Uh, whoops! Oh, oh, it's oh, it's no. the 14. This is at the With last Eric corner. Foss, Eric yeah. Foss and the number 14. That's Thiago Camillo. They were battling over fourth position and they've gone off at the final corner looked like the cars were locked together and there's the full course yellow oh my goodness now eric foss has continued now who got into the pit lane uh, i think chad mccumby did got into the pit lane oh that was tight full course yellow came out at 49 17 mccumby came in at 49 19 and gregory leofug at 49-21, it will depend whether they were committed to the pit lane. Race control will have to have a look at that. But the Toyota Gazoo Racing Latin American Supra, which has been so quick today, is off at the side of the road at turn 11. It's not going to be a difficult recovery for that car, but I'm not sure how far Eric... Uh, I don't know how far Eric Foss got down uh, the the road in the 56 car it may be that he needs assistance as well this gives us a chance to go down the pit lane and shay adam it was right side tires only for chad mccumbie as he did make it in before the rule per the driver's meeting was you must have your left side tires up to or across those white hash marks well there's no possible way to go from uh, not being there to being in the pit lane within two seconds so i would say that both he and greg leofuge would be safe but i wanted to come over and talk to a young man who we've talked about a great deal john jensen altman that was a great start to this race and your team just lucked into getting into the pit lane are you feeling like the fortunes are changing for mccumby mclear racing uh well i mean it's definitely been a tough go to the start of the season this would be an awesome, uh, awesome if it worked, but the car is all over the place. Um, it's definitely fun, but we'll, uh, we'll see how Chad likes it. You've also got another team owner in this race as well. So how closely are you watching Stephen McAleer's progress? I was watching him up until about 30 seconds ago, so I'm not sure if I'll be paying attention much after this, but um, yeah, I always definitely keep an eye on him, especially when he's towards the front. Good luck, gents. Thank you very much. Uh, ask Shade. Um, Shea's going to do a little bit of uh, detective work in the pit lane because that was the most bizarre incident I've seen for a long time down yeah. at turn 
at 11, it looked to me as though Thiago Camillo lost the brakes on the RV yeah. Motorsport car and he tried to go around uh, the... It was Eric Foss, wasn't it, in the uh, yeah. 56 car? And absolutely well, he didn't try to go around him. He ran into the back of him. But his only option, if it was a brake failure, was to turn right uh, and into the uh, into the tyre barrier there. And if he'd have done that, the car would have probably flipped and gone. Yeah, that would have been a, a major accident. So if it was a brake failure, unfortunately for Eric Foss, he really did the only the only kind of sensible thing. Um, it's it's a great shame for Eric Foss. Uh, and for Jeff Mosin, because uh, Eric was doing his usual excellent job. They're running in that uh, uh, in that uh, fifth position, and uh, it's a great shame for him because you know they're, they're always con championship mm. contenders. They come into this round only well, ten points out of the championship lead behind Robbie Foley and Vin Barletta, so it's going to be a, a major uh, blow to the number 56 cars championship aspirations but you so you've got to real, really feel sorry for them because if you're right then Najri excuse me um Camilo Thiago Camilo was a long long way behind him it wasn't as if he was right behind no no Mercedes no, no, no. heading into turn he was well, seven or eight car lengths back and all of a sudden let, that uh, that gap diminished and then he was slamming into the back of the Mercedes let's really uh, let's find out from his teammates if they've heard anything good news is Thiago's out of the car by the way, and the recovery is beginning. Shea Adam is down at RVA Motorsport, the home of the Toyota Gazoo Racing, uh, Toyota GR, uh, Super GR. Shea, what do you know? Uh, with Alfredo Nasri and Alfredo, the most important thing is Tiago's okay. It looked like a braking issue from the outside. You're saying it was a braking issue? Yeah, for sure. He uh, Two corners before that, he was telling that the, the brake pedal was feeling long. So yeah, very unfortunate. We had a great car. This weekend, during my stint, the car was perfect. And, uh, you know, Thiago was a great driver. He was moving forward. We were one of the quickest in the during the session. So, nah, we'll get him in Detroit. And Detroit, Watkins Glen, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. There's so many good circuits that you guys have shown well in the Toyota before. Are you feeling optimistic about the remaining season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, my driving has come a long way. Uh, this is my third season here, which uh, I love it. I hope we can continue. Uh, but, yeah, for sure, I mean, We've had last year we had a podium finish here and hopefully we can uh, get the get it back in Detroit uh, come back stronger good luck there thank you very much thank you ah one of those days yeah. uh, Eric Foss by the way didn't continue very far that car is uh, already on a flatbed uh, as well now Jeremy uh, let's have a look at who this might uh, help out. When was Daniel Morad last into the pit lane? And Scott Andrews, who's got the fastest lap of the race, they've only pitted once, but I think they came in uh, quite early. Uh, yeah. So for, for me. Um, uh, actually, actually, they stayed out uh, longer than one, one would have expected. Uh, actually, he came in, I think, uh, on that 35 or 36, along with most of the other contenders. So, um, yeah, he's. Uh, He's, he's in reasonable shape. Yeah, the question is now, do you take a gamble and stay out there uh, and hope you can make, get to finish? Because this is yeah. going to be a fairly lengthy cleanup. So those cars that came into the pits to make their schedule stop uh, sort of five minutes before the hour, um, is, it's going to help them tremendously. Correct. Uh, but for, uh, for the number 39 car that leads the race at the moment, uh, not so much. Ironically, uh, it would have yeah. been a, gr a great help to... 
the car that's caused the incident. Yeah, uh, the number 14. Yeah, definitely something wrong with the, yeah. the brakes there. That's not... I mean, you don't make that kind of mistake no. uh, in a race car. And, and, and particularly not somebody that experienced with Thiago Camilo, who's uh, you know, got a, a huge amount of success in, oh. uh, in the Brazilian stock car championship over the years. Uh, and uh, yeah, one of the most, in terms of driving, one of the most experienced drivers in the field. Thought about going right. You were right, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, now, in he, he has... The, he, unfortunately for Eric Foss, he made the right decision. Yeah, well. To turn right there, you're going at high speed. You'd hit those tyre barriers at an oblique angle. It would certainly flip the car and then probably go over the barriers as well. So. And, and you can't go left yeah. because then you nail the car in front in the exactly. in the door, in the driver's door, yeah. absolutely. Jeff Westfall and Spencer Pumpelli for Carbon and BGB in the two Porsches uh, have both come into the pit lane uh, and Shea Adam is watching this. Yeah. And, and this looks to be tyre-driven, Shea, rather than anything else. Absolutely. Four sticker tires for both of those drivers. Still waiting for Spencer Pompelli for the service to complete on the left rear. A bit of trouble with that tire. But for Jeff Westfall, the four sticker tires, that's what Steve Dynan had ordered. Just what the doctor said. I'm a little bit concerned for McCombie McAleer Racing. They just wrote on the back of their shiny silver pit board, we hear you fuel full. Unfortunately, it was written in gold on a very shiny background, so I'm not entirely sure that Chad McCombie could read it. Um, but if he did, he knows that he's good. If he didn't read it, then he probably thinks the team was signaling him to come in, which is not what they were signaling him to do. So we're uh, presuming that they've lost the radio uh, on that car. Could somebody not just run alongside him while they're, when they're behind the safety car and pass him a note? I don't know. No, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. that, that hey, I, stranger John, things have happened. Chad, Chad, Chad McCombie came into the pit lane uh, right before that caution period, so he knows he's good to go to the end yeah. from here. Yeah, I'd have thought, I'd have thought so. Uh, so another two retirements, I'm afraid. Marillo Racing, Eric Voss in that number 56 car. That's significant for the championship, as you heard Jeremy explaining. Thiago Camillo and Ave Motorsports Toyota. Um, that was significant for the race. That car was looking very strong indeed for the race. And of the one-stoppers was the car that had uh, gone the furthest into the race. Pits are open for TCR. I might get a couple of takers here. Denny Dupont has come in from a fourth position there. Mikey Taylor has come in as well. He was a little bit further down. Shea Adam is watching those two stops. Front tires for Denis Dupont and they're putting the car up on the air checks. The new Audi, the only new Audi RS3 TCR in the field and they are doing new front tires for him as well. I do love the aggressive look of the front of that RS3. John, as you know, I do have a soft spot for RS3s, S3s, A3s, all of the above. Pit exit closed light was on. It is now off, and Denis Dupont retakes the track. Mikey Taylor is still waiting on his tire change to be completed. So let's reset the field here behind the safety car. Thank you, Shea, sorry. Um, Christian Simchak for Marillo Racing in the number 72 car took the lead just uh, a lap or so before that incident that brought out our first full course caution of the day. Um, Simchak uh, it has 19 laps uh, under his wheels, uh, as has Stephen McAlea. He might be one fewer, actually, in second place. Elliot Skier in third place uh, is 17. 
Uh, Daniel Morad, we were talking about Morad and Scott Andrews. They are 19 laps into their stint. So they're only a couple of laps away from the best off in terms of fuel. And they are the same as the leader. So interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, the number 39 car, you say it was tyre. Uh, driven that pit stop, it, it wasn't. They, they they couldn't have made it to the end okay. uh, in any case. But uh, if it, you know that that was their strategy all along to make to make two stops and yeah. and equal out the equalise their stints as much as possible, so they didn't have to run too far on any particular set of tyres. Yeah. So uh, you know they, they've got some work to do now as Jeff Westfall, but he's got the best tyres in the field along Correct. with Spencer Pompelli, who's also. I mean, and those two cars have been have been seriously quick. Oh. Uh, this weekend in the practice sessions as well. So Robin watch Littell. for them to carve their way through the field. Robin Liddell coming in as well as the pits are open for everyone. Uh, no, my, sorry, my, my point about that 39 car was the length of time um, that it was standing still. The fuel was out. So they, they've used... Oh, got it. Yeah, they, got sorry. It. I, no, that's my fault. Um, I, 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 I didn't explain myself. Uh, it's going to be new right side tyres at the very least for Robin Liddell. Yeah, they took the took the uh, opinion rightly so. I'd say, Jeremy, that we had to stop anywhere for fuel. We might as well put four new tyres on, and you know, um, say to our say bad things about our driver's family, slap Jeff around the face. Well, no, that, I stuff. mean that was a strategy all along, John. Yeah, uh, yeah to, to 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 do that, to come in, put on a fresh set of tyres, to run for the end from here. They you know, they committed early to a two-stop strategy, knowing that they would have a fresh set to put on for this final stint and whatever happens happens but uh, you know we'll now see whether that works out the, the caution period uh, uh, certainly uh, hasn't necessarily helped them but um, you know because they were in good shape in any case but we'll see that track temperature still hovering uh, around 97 Fahrenheit 36 Celsius and we are still in behind the Hyundai safety car. And we can't be a million miles away from going green here. It looks like we're going to have about a 25-minute dash for the points. That This is the first intervention by the safety car. We had run uh, full green to that point. entertaining it was still looking of course for our Michelin moments of the race in both TCR and GS uh, Shea Adam has been checking on uh, a couple of strategy items down in the pit lane what have you got Shea? As we go back to green, it would have been a two-tire two stop for the number 39 Carbon Porsche if they'd stayed green. But because they have the time, put the four on, and they think their four tires are worth two to three seconds a lap. Well, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with that. We saw that at the end of the stint, and come the last five or six laps, we could have a, a, a really interesting race here. We've got the restart now, and already people trying to make up positions whilst the field is compressed. Simchak got a reason, reasonable restart with Stephen McAleer right up his tailpipes and then Elliot Skier in there as well. Robbie Foley trying to make his way through in the BMW for Turner Motorsport, the number 96 car, as he's on the inside 
of uh, Gregory Leofuge in the Stephen Cameron racing number 43, the orange and blue machine. And in fact, uh, Gregory has just gone by and taken that eighth position. So they were side by side for a couple of corners. And now it looks like the BMW from Turner is going to lose another position. And that would be to Chad McCombie in the Ford Mustang. As they were coming up to the top of the hill. I, I've got to say, Jeremy, what, if what we saw in the opening stint, at the end of that opening stint, was anything to go by, certainly two or three seconds a lap in terms of a tyre advantage is, is not beyond the bounds of possibility. No, absolutely isn't, John. You're absolutely right. And, and that same goes in TCR as well. It's certainly interesting there to see uh, Denny Dupont and Mikey Taylor both come into the pits during that caution period and uh, change, I think Chase said they, they took on tyres, I'm sure they did. Yes, they did. Uh, and those are two very fast cars as well. Uh, Denny Dupont was quickest in, uh, I think he was quickest in practice, actually, uh, prior to the uh, first Yeah, indeed, he was in 2015 for Rockwell Autosport Development. He was the fastest car in the two practice sessions. So uh, he's now got a fresh set, uh, and he's running in fifth place and not far behind the two leading Hyundais, of Mark Wilkins and uh, Robbie Wickens, then Ryan Eversley, the pole sitter in third position, then Michael Lewis in the third of Brian Herder Autosport cars, and then is Denny Dupont in the number 15 car and Mikey Taylor in number 17 Audi as well. Great battle going on between Robert McGuinness in the turn at Motorsport number 95, Daniel Morad for Winwood Racing, and Scott Andrews for Lone Star Racing right there as well. That is the battle for fourth, fifth, and sixth. Uh, they changed positions twice in the last two corners, uh, the last lap, and it looks like we're getting the same sort of battle coming down the hill again. The Turner Motorsport car with the white hood, the white bonnet, maybe not quite as sharp as those two AMGs behind. And Daniel Mora dives to the inside, he did exactly this last time around, but then ran long at turn 11. And there's a bit of bumping and boring, some pins being traded there. Side by side, that's a big hole in the air for Scott Andrews to exploit. There was another little touch wheel to wheel there, down towards the hairpin at turn two, the Andretti hairpin. They're still side by side, that's all the way down the front straight. And now the turn of BMW has to drop in behind the windward car and defend against Scott Andrews to his left-hand side for Lone Star Racing. So two blue EMGs. Oh, and a big hit there from the 27, and another one. As the 27, Scott Andrews runs twice into the back of Daniel Morad. This is getting a bit fruity here and a little unnecessary. That BMW being beaten up by the two blue AMGs in the last half a lap. Yeah, against it, he's passed uh, on that last lap by uh, Daniel Morad. And Scott Andrews wants to pass as well. He knows his Mercedes is fast. Uh, he's, uh, he's actually set the fastest lap of race 